All right, nerds, it is time for the nerdy news here on CFCR 90.5 FM. And uh, we're back to our regular format of just five minutes of nonsense from each of us. And we're gonna start things off with actually something very practical. Uh, Brennan is gonna give us some hot tips on uh, organizing your, your uh, comics collection. Um, as promised, we are also gonna feature some uh, talk of the solid gold dancers. Hank's got a slew of picks for us and Craig's gonna bring us up to speed on the uh, Justice League. And time permitting, I am gonna like explode about how much I love the Jelly Marble Olympics. Um, so Brennan. Take it away. All right, so before I start, I realize the topic of here are some tips to organize your comics seems like it shouldn't be that difficult. You take your comics, you put them in order, done. However, if you have a collection as large as mine that you have not actually organized since the eighth grade, uh, there is a lot more to do. So I have been systematically going through my comics and organizing them. Um, I spent so much time doing this that I'm actually going to be writing an article that I'll be sending Craig's way to put in the Feedback Society um, because I have a whole checklist of things that will help you making organizer comics go a lot smoother. Tip number one, it will take way more time than you think. When I first sat down to do this, I thought, you know, a couple nights, a couple hours, I should be done. Uh, I don't know what we come into yet. Um, once I start, I'm at least involved for three to four to five hours, sometimes at a time. Um, I'm going through a lot of podcasts, watching a lot of shows. So no matter what size your collection is, just tack on way more time than you expect. Um, that way you won't burn out and you'll feel not like you're being defeated by this wall of comics. Number two, before you just take your comics and put them in your boxes or your cabinets in order, um, lay them out alphabetically first by letter and then sort them by series. Um, it seems like it's a longer step, but what I found when I did it that way when it came time to put my Vampirilla stack under the Bs, they were already in order. So it actually saved that step other than having to put one in individually. Um, so when I had company over, I had all these piles around my apartment, starting from A, and they circled up to my kitchen table, and went around my table, went down and snaked all around. Um, it took some time, but when I went from taking those comics into my filing cabinets, which is what I'm using, as well as comic boxes, um, it made it go a lot smoother. So do that. Step three. Pick your mission. And what I mean by that is when I went to organize my comics, I thought I'm going to make sure they're all bagged, they're all boarded, I'm going to tuck them all in, have them all be organized. And as I started to actually put them in order, I decided, okay, if the ends aren't folded over, not the end of the world. Now it's taking so long, I'm thinking, you know what, maybe my X-Files from the 90s maybe don't need boards if I pack them in tightly together. Um, because my goal now is just to put them in order. Is it bad to do all at once? It's not, but pick what's important to you. So I'm foregoing some steps just so I can get them in the filing cabinets in the proper order. Step four, leave space. Make sure that whether it's in your boxes or in your cabinet drawers like I'm using, that you leave some space in there. Because even if you think you've left enough space, uh, you'll always need to leave more. Uh, you'll be going through your comics and you'll find a gap in the alphabet. And that's when you turn over another bag that's labeled H to J, and you'll find all those titles. So make sure you leave some space. Um, I'm even leaving an extra space in my drawers for my to be read comics. That'll help keep me organized and actually read them. And if that gets full, then I have to decide if I'm gonna keep reading them or what's gonna happen to them. And the last one, number five, the most important one, which was the biggest time to save start in reverse alphabetical order. So don't start from A and go forward. 
Start with Z and work your way forward going backwards, okay? What I found when I did it that way, I saved so much time because I didn't have to always be shuffling comics down. And when you're, when you're building from the back coming forward, it's easier to see how much room that you're leaving at the front or sometimes in the back, it's more difficult to, to gauge depending on your spatial awareness. So I found when I went from Z and worked my way forward to A, it went way faster, trust me. So get ready for a full article. I have much more handy tips coming to a Feedback Society page near you. Awesome. We'll, uh, we'll put the link to that article on our Facebook page as well in case uh, folks don't know where to look for it. Okay, good tips. All right, Hank, you're up next. What are your favorite things that you're reading? Oh, I have so many questions first. Bre Brennan, uh, how many comics do you own? Do you know? Uh, in grade eight, I had 3,000. Okay, and you've obviously uh, finished grade 12, right? So, <laughs> so many I, I, don't, I don't know yet. Uh, that's part of me going through them too, is just to go through You look it. like you're 30. I don't know how old it is, so I'm guessing uh, that you have... Uh, probably more comics than everybody else or Jody do you rival his oh Tony has the most here there's no uh, doubt really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, how many Star Wars comics can a guy own I don't know 75 million Star Wars comics <laughs> I have wow. 75 million of number one uh, I was gonna say they're all number ones all and they're <laughs> all worth a thousand dollars speaking of a thousand dollars Apple TV Plus. It doesn't cost $1,000, but whatever you're paying for it, it's worth it because they have Defending Jacob. Who's heard it? Who's heard Defending Jacob? No. Greg? I haven't watched it, but... You haven't watched it? Okay. So Captain America, he's married to Lady Mary Crawley from Downton Abbey. They've got a kid named Jacob. Jacob does something, uh, gets, uh, sorry, accused of something horrific, and then they have to defend him in court. So it's a cop thing, it's a lawyer thing, it's a, a family drama. It's actually very good and it keeps you thinking and guessing until the end. So I'd recommend it. Tony, it's right up your alley. <laughs> Nothing? Okay, defending Jacob. Okay. okay, how about instead of defending children who are convicted, I mean, trying to be, uh, they're, uh, yeah, okay, never mind. Uh, Love Life, which is the new Anna Kendrick television show, which you can get in Canada on Crave TV, it's an HBO Max show where it's about her finding love and all the dudes that she dates in order to find the right one. It starts off in her 20s and it's going to go up until, I don't know how old she is now, 30? Who knows? But if you are into a romantic, a romantic comedy series with Anna Kendrick, it's the one for you. And HBO Max, either they don't have enough stuff to put out or they were telling the truth when they said, you know what? Instead of doing one a week like we thought, we're going to release like three at a time because the ratings are so high on the show. So they're pumping out a bunch of those. So check it out. It's good. Snowpiercer. Craig, one of your favorite movies, right? One of my favorite movies. Anybody else? Snowpiercer? Ah? Uh? Good. No? Okay. So, I like uh, it quite a bit. Yes, it was good. So now uh, you can watch it on Netflix. There's a series. There's a series now. So if you don't know what Snowpiercer is, uh, most of humanity is uh, frozen to death. Uh, the earth is dying. Uh, they go and uh, get this train with like a thousand train cars on it and people buy tickets to get on and that train is going to run and around the world without stopping. It's like speed and near near on the bus and if it stops it blows up. Well this time if the train stops everyone freezes to death and dies. But the front of the train are all the rich people and then the back of the train, the tail end, are all the people that didn't buy a ticket. They all snuck on. So you've got the upper class at the front, the middle class in the middle, and then the people in the tail 
who now are starving to death and they're dying and they have to figure out a way to save themselves. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's an action adventure. Uh, Titan Games Season 2. We're watching it as a family with The Rock. Kathy, Titan Games? No? Okay. <laughs> I don't know it, but it One sounds One of these good. you guys are going to go, yes! Okay, so Titan Games, it's like a American Ninja Warrior. It's basically a bunch of uh, really strong, sweaty people that uh, compete to win the Titan Games. But it's got Dwayne The Rock Johnson on there. They call him DJ. DJ's on there. Um, so watching it as a family, it's really cool. Game On with Keegan-Michael Key. Uh, another kind of reality show, two teams battle it out in trivia and then physical challenges, uh, but it's got Venus Williams leads one team, and then some football player I'd never heard of, Rob Gronkowski, they call him like Gronk or something, uh, he's leading the other Gronk? Yeah, so I, I didn't know, but he's on there, he's a big deal. And a bunch of celebrities come on to compete as well. So that one, fun for the family. And uh, to quickly go through, uh, on Crave TV, if I didn't mention it last time, Billions is back. Hightown is awesome. So that's a yes. I know this much is true. It's an HBO show. That's a yes. Uh, the Jeffrey Epstein uh, Filthy Rich documentary on Netflix. Yes. yes. White Lines on Netflix. No. And Craig, you'll back me up on this one. The movie Scoob. If no. you're a fan of Scooby-Doo, do not watch this movie. Do not <laughs> watch it. it is a horrible movie. Horrible movie. It ripped my heart out. Yeah. And I'm still crying about it. It's taken me this long to talk about it because I am very upset. They ruined it. Ruined. Horrible movie. Yeah, they ruined it. And uh, unfortunately, it was the first Scooby-Doo my six-year-old son had ever seen. So no. him, that's like Scooby-Doo forever now. I'm no. a bad parent. I'm terrible. Not good. It is not good. It's a horrible movie. Horrible. It sucked. I want my money back. And anywho, check out all of those except for Scoob. And uh, yeah, that's another one. Okay. Phew. Oh, I'm out of breath. All right. Thanks, Hank. Uh, Craig, um, you want to talk about Justice League? Yeah, so obviously normally I talk about movies and music and stuff like that, but uh, I, and, and I do read comic books, though. I just, I'm not really the most, I'm not as educated as d d Tony and Brennan and Jody and everybody on the comic book subject, but uh, I have been sort of collecting on and off since I was a kid. And uh, really, you just were like, hey, pick something else to talk about. So I fairly randomly picked this, but I just finished reading it. And that's sort of why it occurred to me. Uh, it's called, this is like a trade paperback version of Justice League International. It's called uh, Book One, Born Again. So it's the first like, I don't know, 17 issues and, and a couple of annuals and stuff collected. But uh, this, I actually bought it like, after just seeing the cover, uh, because it transported me back to 1987 when I was in grade seven, uh, which was around about six, grade six or seven was when I started collecting comics. And I read this. Uh, this was my, actually my first real introduction to the Justice League. Uh, it's from Kevin Giffen, uh, J.M. DeMatteis, and Kevin McGuire. And I really love, uh, again, I'm not, a, I, I know what I like, but I'm not really that knowledgeable of a connoisseur of like who's who in terms of artists and stuff beyond certain huge names. Uh, but I really love the uh, pencils of uh, Kevin McGuire. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, uh, Brennan's got a, a Justice League International poster. So it starts out with this like motley crew of characters, really. Like it's not Flash and Wonder Woman and Superman and the Justice League you'd expect. It's, uh, it's like in the first issues, it's Dr. Fate, Shazam, uh, who I guess was called Captain Marvel at the time, uh, uh, Green Lantern, but not Hal Jordan. It's like the Guy Gardner Green Lantern. Uh, Martian Manhunter, Black Canary, Blue Beetle, 
uh, Mr. Miracle, Dr. Light, Oberon, and then the one hero that they let them have uh, was Batman, the one like really well-known hero. So I guess they sort of got saddled with these characters. Uh, like they didn't even know when they agreed to do the book who they were going to get because there was some other big thing going on in the DC universe. So they kind of got the characters they got stuck with. And towards the end, uh, you get a few more characters like Captain Atom and Rocket Red and Booster Gold. Now, the weird thing about this comic is, I mean, it's a great story. It's like uh, this sort of billionaire guy that's not quite on the level is sort of manipulating and pulling the strings to put together this Justice League. In the beginning of the series, it's called Justice League, but after a few issues, it becomes Justice League International, and they are sanctioned by the, uh, the government and the world and everything to deal with certain threats. Uh, but the really, the really cool thing about this book is just how funny it is. Uh, and I don't think they set out to make it funny, but it's just like, it's, it's just as much a, you know, if you see a movie like Beverly Hills Cop, and it's an action-packed movie with lots of great action, but it's also this hilarious comedy. That's kind of what, like, Justice League International is, too. There's all these, you know, there's really fun adventures and stuff they get into, but a lot of it's the interplay between these team members. There's, uh, you know, Batman, obviously, they really play on the fact that he's the dark, grim Avenger and has no sense of humor, and, and he's always surrounded by these knuckleheads like Blue Beetle and Booster Gold that are always just kind of screwing around, and, and he's, you know, getting mad at them or whatever. Uh, so... Uh, definitely worth a read. Uh, I know, uh, I, I think Brennan a couple of weeks ago was talking about how he likes team books. Uh, and I, you know, I've liked things like Teen Titans and stuff like that too. But uh, my recommendation, and you can, as I said, get it all in one trade paperback is Justice League International book one, Born Again. I, I was just going to say, I really love Justice League International. I'm not a big uh, DC fan, but I remember reading it as a, as a young man and it's funny and you do enjoy characters like Blue Beetle. Uh, because you just don't see Blue Beetle in a, in, a, in, a, in a comic and back then he was funny and he has the, it was just fun. It's a great book. I think they should adapt this like for the big screen or even just a, a Blue Beetle and Booster Gold TV series or movie yes. or something. It would be, it would be gold. I 100% agree with you. It would be a great, a great movie for sure. Without a doubt. And I know our listeners at home can't see, but I do have a dry mounted poster of a Justice League International that I've had on my wall since like the mid, oh, there we go, since the, the, the mid 80s, so there you go. <laughs> There's also some of the art in the back of the book. The poster that Brennan has is uh, in the back of the book as well in the bonus art. Ah. I'm glad I got to share that on the radio, so thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Good look. Okay, well, we'll have to maybe uh, get a copy of that to put on the Facebook page so people can actually see it too and enjoy it and ooh and ah over your uh, uh, great choices, so. Okay, cool. Um, well, something that I want to talk about um, that has actually a lot of people are sharing the love for is the Jelly Marble Olympics. So I've been a big fan for a while now. This is the brainchild of two brothers, Jelly and Dion Bakker. They're from the Netherlands and uh, they make like crazy events out of out of marbles and since there's been no sports it's like the best sport ever to watch and they've been doing it for so long that you can go back watch all of the old olympics all their rallies um and the big big news that was announced last week was that one of my favorite shows one of my favorite people in the world john oliver is the new sponsor of the marble olympics so yay uh, yeah, for whatever reason, he has jumped on board to to sponsor it. Where are you watching uh, the uh, Olympics? They are all posted on YouTube. 
So a few years ago, there was some, I don't know, not like legal stuff where they basically had to scrap everything that they had. I think it had to do with like some of the music that they've used on their videos because they've been posting, I think since like maybe as early as 2008. Oh, wow. um, and they had to get rid of all their videos, revamp everything and then start reposting. So that was in 2018. So they lost all their subscribers. Most people did jump back on board, but recently it's like spiked. I think he's got like a million followers or something now just because John Oliver is sponsoring it. And the cool thing is that like, I mean, they're marbles, right? But like they actually do have personality. So like there are the different teams. My team is the O-Rangers. Uh, they won the Marble Olympics in 2017, by the way. Um, and uh, for each team that wins each of the 16 events in the Olympics, um, the winning team will have like $10,000 donated to a charity of their choice. So it's doing good in the world. And it is, it's fascinating and it is entertaining. And I'm just, I'm so happy that this is like, boosted up to the next level so that more people in the world can enjoy this. Um, Yele has, a, 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 he's on the autism spectrum and has been obsessed with marbles all his life. And so this is, is his life. This is his job. And it's just, it's so amazing and heartwarming to see somebody's passion that they started just doing because they loved it. Um, and see other people jump on board because they loved it too and wanted to up the ante. So like really great graphic designers and um, Greg Woods, who's this like really incredible announcer from the United States. He does all of the English um, commentary on all the videos and all these super talented people have jumped on board to help out with this amazing sport just because of Jelly's passion. And it, it's beautiful. It, that's just love. That's just the best of humanity. And isn't that really what the Olympics are supposed to be about? Yeah, it is. So um, winning, it's about winning. <laughs> the Olympics are about winning. I guess it is. But like the, the gratifying thing is that you know that they're, they're free of steroids. Like marbles <laughs> can't take steroids. There's no enhancement that a marble can have that will give it an edge. But uh, one of my favorite uh, marbles from the early days was red number three and uh, there's a really good documentary about red number three it turns out that red number three was actually a keychain and wasn't really a true marble so like he has a hole and it, maybe that gave him some advantages but he won a lot of uh of, of different yes i um i took red number three at a party once <laughs> <laughs> yeah Got a rash is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bad night. The <laughs> Wander uh, YouTube, it says uh, that all these events, uh, June 5th, 6th, 18th, and 21st, we got Last Marble Standing, Marbula Race 3, Marble League 2020 qualifiers, qualifiers on June 18th, and Marble League OC June 21st. Like this is all coming up like fresh on the YouTube. This is exciting. I'm into it. Yeah, it's, it's growing by leaps and bounds. And uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, there's like, the Marbula one is more like Formula One. It's racing. So they're all released at once and they race like, you know, eight whatever tra tracks. Um, and whereas the Marble Olympics is actually 16 different events. And then there's a new one, which is Last Man Standing, which is a bunch of different events. And uh, it's sponsored by like Cloverdale Dairy, which is like in Europe somewhere. But yeah, it's, it's great just to see more marbles. So if you haven't checked it out, check out marbles. Yes, Tony. I, I would say that the underwater ones are my favorite. I find them to be rather, um, 
they make me happy when I see marbles racing underwater. <laughs> That's good. I, I favor the rallies, like the ones where he's like dug a giant trench down a hill, like or some golf course or something. And it's like this amazing race. So anyways, check them out. They're all on YouTube. Yale's Marble Olympics. They're, they're, they're so awesome. Okay, we have time now to focus on something very important. And that is solid gold. Solid gold. Um, I don't think solid gold needs an introduction if you're anywhere in your, you know, maybe your late 30s to, or older. Uh, solid gold was just something that was a part of my life. Um, it was where I first saw a video. Uh, it's where I first saw women with uh, very little clothing on. Uh, it's where I was able to get my top 100 of the week. Uh, and I was able to uh, dance and sing, and I love Solid Gold. Solid Gold for me was one of those things when I, we had one television, it was in the living room. And Saturday nights, we'd all like, you know, we'd all watch TV together. My parents were very, uh, we're, we didn't read at our house, we watched TV, that's just what we did. So Saturday night when Solid Gold came on, it was almost like a guilty pleasure, because I actually got to watch it with my family. My dad would sit at the couch, he was probably in his 30s, I'm sure he was watching the girls for the same reason <laughs> any other man in their 30s would be watching the girls dance and learning about the music and stuff. So we would watch this, but I always felt a little like intimidated by the fact my dad was watching at the same TV show and all these beautiful women are, are dancing. So we would watch Solid Gold as a family. Uh, and in doing so, uh, I saw, like I said earlier, I saw my first music video. It was Devo Whip It. I didn't know what a music video was, and all of a sudden you're watching Solid Gold, it comes on, the TV is like filled with music and excitement, and Dionne Warwick is the host of the time, I think it was like the first special, like 1979 or 80 special, and you're watching this, uh, and you got your Glenn Campbell, Dionne Warwick, and you got all these beautiful girls dancing, and then all of a sudden, this band you've never heard of before, Devo, comes on and whip it, and it's a video of them with these hats. Now, that changed my life. <laughs> Did they uh, whip it into the shape? Shape it up. Yeah. <laughs> Get straight. Go forward. 
did did they whip it good? <laughs> I'd have to say that when when you're a kid and you're you're ten years old and all of a sudden you see all these things, it's it's something I'll never forget. Um, basically, it was Saturday Night TV. It came on and it was like Bandstand and Soul Train, but they had professional dancers with dance routines. And what did they call those dancers? The Solid Gold Dancers. And, and they became famous. I don't know, well, uh, Kathy was saying a little bit earlier in the last show um, about the Solid Gold Dancers, and they became famous. They were, um, Jody had said earlier in the week that Solid Gold Dancers would be like, you know, you, you get to be a Solid Gold Dancer and you're the, you're the shit. You were, yeah. you, like, you were it in the dance world. Yeah, like the late 70s and early 80s, you could not get a better gig than being a solid gold dancer. You were on TV, you were going to be discovered for other things. It was the most provocative thing that you could possibly, because they were actually like very experimental in their choreography, very provocative, very sensual. And like watching it, I would have been like, five, six, I was mesmerized. The beauty, the glamour, the gold, like, I, I, and even then I, I sensed that, like, this is sexy. <laughs> you did. You, yeah. see, you, you saw sexy at a time when it was on TV with your dad sitting behind you on the couch. <laughs> it was crazy. Yes, I, I have watched a lot of Solid Gold in the last week or two. Um, it popped in my head when I was having lunch in my car. <laughs> I was wondering what to watch. And uh, Solid, Girl pop, Solid Gold popped as I started watching the videos. And I tell you, man, you have... Uh, Andy Gibb. I don't know if you guys remember Andy Gibb. He was the he was one of the Gibb brothers. He actually passed away in the eighties. Um, yeah. But he was um, he was doing that show with Marilyn McCoo. Uh, Mar Marilyn McCoo. I I loved her. She was so glamorous and beautiful. And uh, she had a couple of hits. Um, one you might remember was "You Don't Have to Be a Star Baby to to Be in My Show." And that was on the KTEL uh, music machine, which is like the second album that I really remember like playing until it would play no more. And yeah, I, I just, I thought she was so incredible. Such an amazing uh, role model. It's like, I wanted to be her. Yeah, she seemed really smart, you know? Like just, I don't know whether it's clear clothing or her kind of newscaster hairdo that she had or whatever. She seemed really smart. Newscaster hairdo. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I'd like one of those newscaster hairdos, please. Thank you. Okay, so I have a little uh, like story to tell about Solid Gold really quickly, but well, we're running out of time. But uh, when I was in grade one, I had to buy a Christmas present for my best friend, Joanne Verhey. So I went to Eaton's and I bought her a faux suede Solid Gold checkbook cover because wow. you know, if you're in grade one, obviously you write a lot of checks. Lot so of you check. need a checkbook cover, but it, it was like the most glamorous thing. It's so elegant. And she was thrilled with the gift. I was thrilled to give it, so. Solid gold, the gift that keeps on giving, solid gold. Yes, absolutely. So this has been a solid gold episode. We encourage everyone out there to uh, check into YouTube for not only solid gold, but the Marble Olympics as well. And uh, we'd love to hear what you guys are into. You can uh, communicate with us through our Facebook uh, page and uh, yeah, check out some of the stuff that we were talking about. So that wraps up another episode of Punch here on CFCR 90.5. FM. In the meantime, keep your dukes up.